Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. <laughs> Again, you thought the midweek things were over. Well, you're fucking stupid. So, within the last couple of weeks, I guess since we took a little bit, a little bit of a break, uh, my favorite sport, baseball, has decided to uh, start up somehow, do a 60-game season, change all the fucking rules, and bring in every every player under the sun. So, a couple of friends of mine and I decided maybe, maybe we should do a little bit of a baseball podcast. Maybe we should uh, show the world our, how much we know and how much we don't know about baseball. One of those is going to be a little bit more than the other. You'll, you'll find out. So now joining me today, obviously, are my two good friends, Chris Rice and Mike Flanagan. Say hello, hello. boys. They can't, hello, boys. They can't see you wave. It's something you gotta you got to get by. This is not going on YouTube. Well it's, well, it's happening whether they want it to or not. So. so they're waving. They're saying hi. They're doing their... The finger guns or whatever. So guys, we're gonna like this is our first episode here. We're gonna talk about some baseball stuff. Like I, I've learned over the time. Like I did a sports podcast uh, maybe a year ago, and sometimes you're gonna be fishing for like stuff to talk about. Like if you talk about games, like a lot of games don't bring a lot of uh, talking points. So I feel like with this anything by the San Diego Padres from like 2004 to 2010, definitely. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> with uh, you know with also with the short season. It doesn't really, uh, and our, with a short season and our schedules being so like weird, I think maybe we're gonna do like kind of like a two week thing, maybe every two weeks. But we will also have maybe some side stories, like maybe some side, like some personal stuff. Maybe we'll bring up like a top ten list of baseball players or some shit like that. We'll we'll keep it rolling. We'll keep it loose. You know, all the fun things that come. Number one, Tino Martinez. <laughs> then I don't care. <laughs> Paul O'Neill, 10 times. <laughs> okay, so maybe no more top 10 list because that was it right there. <laughs> He's the all-American man. He mows his lawn on the weekends. Tino Martinez. <laughs> we should probably uh, clarify here that <clears throat> despite uh, Chris and myself both living in Queens, we are both Yankee fans, um, unlike our uh, our fearless leader, Brian McCormick here, who is a uh, Mets yeah. fan. Yes, uh, the, the one and only Mets fan who... Uh, you know, we have a really good chance, boys. We got a good chance. Jed Lowry's looking good. That knee's holding up. Hey, Melky Cabrera? Melky, yeah. My God. Love it. Milkman, baby. Jared Hughes, we just signed. If he's not, you know, guessing. I saw that. Yeah, Melky Cabrera and Robinson Cano back on the same team? Please. That's a, that's a great move. I think uh, Melky's going to play much better. Yeah, you know? that, that pregame juice bar is going to be a little bit more filled up. And Hunter Strickland, you know, he's, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like, like no matter how good things are going for the Mets, they just wait for the other shoe to drop. Like every fan I talk to is just like, yeah, no, everything pitching staff looks great, bullpen, I love the moves. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> Will Pond is just like the underlying, like yeah, things will probably turn. Yeah, it's out. it's like an overwhelming sense of dread sometimes because you're like, uh, yeah, you know, the asteroid is heading right towards us, but you know, it is a sunny day out. You know, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Fred Will Pond's like the ultimate mush. It's just like, like, no matter how good things are going, the second, like, he's like, well, as long as he owns the team, we're fucked. <laughs> Put him in the bathroom with Joe Hood Whale. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, the first, like, a lot of the first episodes, I, like, um, obviously this is not my first podcast episode, if you could believe it, with how I'm, I'm talking on this thing. But, uh, Mike and Chris, this is your first time really kind of in a, a ser- like, a, a series of podcasts, I believe. Uh, so, yes. mostly, the, the first episode is mostly, like, kind of establishing yourself and establishing credibility. And we te- we texted each other just to kind of figure out where, where we're going to start from. And obviously we're going to get on to the new rules, which are 
you know, straight up like slow pitch softball league baseball, like a lot of fun. Like I think a lot of fun is gonna hap- happen from it. But uh, also, like, let's just kind of get into it real, like, real quick, maybe for a couple minutes. Let's talk about our, uh, like, maybe our first games and why it led to, a, like, a lifelong love of baseball. Chris, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, okay. Like, so, like, like, my first experience with baseball? Yeah, like, your first game, maybe, or, like, uh, the first time you actually played or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, God, I, I, you know, it's funny. I don't really remember my first game playing but i remember specifically like pitching to my dad in my backyard like practicing uh i remember t-ball with like all my buddies um yeah i don't know i don't know what spurred my love for baseball it's always just part of my family uh it's always kind of been ingrained um and like yeah i played it growing up um i wish i had like a more interesting kind of field of dreams-esque moment <laughs> but uh the one day yeah, I, like, I threw honestly, it to my dad and I threw a curveball and broke his came out of a corn stalk. Yeah, my, 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 the ghost of my father came back. Uh, and then, yeah, I've been playing ever since. Okay. Um, but, no, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I grew up playing t-ball and baseball. Um, yeah, I wish, I wish there was any one defining moment, but I'd have to think about that a little bit harder, I think. Do you remember your first, like, professional game you ever went to? Like, um, do you, like uh, maybe, like, the, the sights, the sound, like, what, what team it was? Honestly, no. Um, I feel like that's bad, but no. That's all right. Uh, I want to say... It's only our main point of this episode. Yeah. Oh, I do remember things as a child, but I want to say it was a Yankee game, but knowing my family and for convenience sake, it was probably a Mets game. Yeah. I feel like that's... Like, in in New York, especially, like, Long Island, like, like you you do gain your your allegiances pretty quickly, you know, because your parents are Yankee fans or Mets fans. But growing up, especially in the '90s, like how we did, like late '80s, early '90s, it was it was kind of more of a, oh hey, you like baseball? Well, we're just gonna go to the Mets, and you're gonna have to fucking deal with it. We're gonna sit all the way in the yeah. upper deck. You're gonna sit all the way in the upper deck. You're gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a thousand degrees no matter what time of year it is. And then also, you're you're gonna get lost. Like just a heads up, you're gonna get lost. But it's also too. It's just like you can go to Flushing or the Bronx, right? And like we live in Valley Street. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean Flushing was always going to be <clears throat> ten times easier. So yeah, especially yeah. if you live near the train station, that's where you were going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. Everyone's kind of a little now. I mean, you know, I live off the seven train now. I go to a lot more Mets games. Ditto. Yeah, same here. I go. I've been to probably way more Mets games than Yankee games. Here's here's the funny thing. I used to work when I used to work for the Mets, and on my days off, and I'd be like, "Oh, maybe I want to go to a game." I actually went to more Yankee games than I did Mets games. Like I purposely like went well, out of my way to go to a Yankee game instead of a Mets game. We're all living fucking bizarro worlds out here. <laughs> like it, it, it is a weird like, but like I do think, especially '90s kids would really kind of like got their their lines in because the Yankees were dominant from what was it 96 until 2001 yeah but that was a little frustrating too in that uh and this is gonna sound this is definitely first world baseball problems <laughs> but uh like you I was almost wanted to be a Mets fan there were a lot of kids that I did not want to be associated with as a Yankees fan growing up I was like I just noticed just Absolutely. in my personal existence growing up I was like <laughs> Uh, all the kids who like the Yankees kind of suck. I was like, these kids all blow. I was like, I don't want to be associated with these kids. I was like, how does a team full of winners have these fucking losers that I'm surrounded by? Damn, just coming out of the gates real hot right there. I mean, I, gotta tell you, I, what? Don't, I don't necessarily disagree at all. That's no, man. pretty... I, I think the, uh, the the best way to describe a Yankee fan is, was it that, the the meme of the the dude in Yankee Stadium with the cigar, like kind of holding his fingers down in the middle of the game, like like, yeah, the, 20, but... like the twenty-seven rings, like guy. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be that guy. You don't Just... want to be associated with that guy. <laughs> I tell you what, and I'll say this: if you run into someone in the street wearing a Yankees hat, there's like a maybe fifty-fifty chance they're an actual Yankees fan. If you run into with someone wearing a Mets hat, they are a Mets fan, regardless. <laughs> Yeah, no one, like, wants no one that... walks around with that that isn't a Mets fan. Yeah, it's not a very stylish look. No. Like, no. 
The two-tone orange and blue? That's a nice hat, man. That's a nice hat. It's not bad. The Seven Line Army's got some good stuff. Although, they, yeah. like, they, like, when they first arrived, I right. think they were much better. But. It's it's funny that, like, there are more offshoot Met, lo- like, logos, like, like third-party distributors of Met logos besides, like, that look good instead of the one that the team makes up. Because all the shit yeah. the team makes up is just kind of, like... I think the last Met hat I bought was, like, the all-blue with a gray and orange uh, Met symbol. But then that oh, completed, nice one. Yeah, that completed my entire run of old Mets hats. So I had I had them all. I had the like the regular blues, the the midnight black, the fucking uh, half black, half blue, I had the whole thing. But they got some good stuff. The the um, the Mr. Met hats, uh, the, the the fitted Mr. Met hats. I like the this the I really love the um, the old. Um, uh, Shea Stadium out neon outlines of like the catcher. Oh, that's the, the cool. That's might be the coolest hat in baseball. That's oh, the, that's a seven line hat. That's the seven line. Seven. That's a, yeah, it's seven line. Give it up yeah, to, they, to Darren <laughs> Darren Meehan of the seven line army, the creator of it. Who actually I I knew when I worked there. He was a very he's a very nice guy. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Yankees are getting better. I think at that stuff and marketing to millennials, I've noticed it much more over the last few years. They're doing a lot more interesting things and unique things, um, which I really enjoy. And they become much more fun to watch. It's just like, it's just nice to go and like root for, at least up until we signed Garrett Cole for $300 million. <laughs> uh, it was nice to root for a team that like people generally enjoyed and, and was likable as opposed to like rooting for the Death Star to win, you know, kind of thing. And even then, like, embrace the evil empire thing, but it's kind of true. It's like rooting for Walmart. Like, like nobody wants to root for Walmart. <laughs> but, like, an oddly unsuccessful Walmart. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. like, if like a big like, came into a neighborhood and, like, bought up all the stores, but then there was never anybody in it and they never sold anything. Like, that was how it felt to be a Yankee fan from, like, 2001 up until probably, like, 2016 or so. Like, you were just yeah. like, oh, wow, they have, like, every great player and they're just like signing any early 2000s they're signing any free agent they could and i was like yeah it just it doesn't do anything for me hideki matthew is sick that's pretty cool <laughs> not you know it was, it was uh leaving, leaving me cold a little bit but you, you signed that, that young phenom kia gawa and he really lit up the scranton wilkesbury yankees Oof. <laughs> oh, well, God, i remember i remember that signing. i remember we knew that signing was bad the second it happened yep uh, he that was, that was just, a, we got to get a Japanese guy really fast. Like, it was just, yeah, it think, didn't make sense. I think that was on the heels of the Red Sox signing Daisuke Matsuzaka. And it was. They were like, well, we'll get the next best guy. Mm-hmm. And then they just got, I think, the got next guy on his team. They're like, yeah, it's, it's our... It made, it made absolutely no sense. Yeah. It was just like... It's like the equivalent of like, like, oh, this guy's really good. It's like, like, where does he work? It's like, all right, hire the guy who mows the lawn there. He'll probably do something good too. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Like, uh, now, like, uh, I'm pretty sure, Ki- I'm pretty sure Kiyagawa was the janitor for Dice K, whatever team Dice K was on. Like, <laughs> he was his translator. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, now, Mike, like, who signed me? <laughs> Mike, where am I cleaning? <laughs> Uh, Mike, can you uh, uh, the same thing? The same question to you is: Do you remember your first experience with baseball? Do you remember where, uh, like, maybe your first like game, the first time you played it, maybe like the first time you actually interacted with baseball? Sure. So a little bit unusually for uh, most you know, all American young males uh, growing up, you know, pretty much anywhere. I actually did not play little league. Uh, had pretty much no experience playing baseball as a child. Uh, played a lot of wiffle ball. You know, as we were talking about earlier, I was pretty fortunate to grow up in a time where the Yankees were, you know, <clears throat> essentially the end-all, be-all of, of, of baseball. And I see a lot of good players that way. Um, my entire family is uh, is Mets fans, actually, except two older brothers. Um, so you know, I went to a lot of games with them, and I would watch a lot of games with them. And, um, you know, like Chris said, I can't, I spent a lot of time today trying to think of actually the first game I went to, and I'm not sure I can actually remember it. Um, I do remember going, uh, on my eighth birthday, I believe. Um, and it was like long enough ago that you could still like tailgate on top of the, uh, the prison that used to be next to Yankee stadium, which was like (laughs) good look, um, in terms of, you know, ballpark area. Um, and being, you know, like I said, uh, eight, and, uh, my brother and his friends, you know, on the roof, essentially, and then taking me to a, a game for my birthday. 
Um, and then actually for a few years, I got completely out of baseball. Um, I didn't really watch, I mean, I watched it, but, um, you know, not to the extent as a kid. And then probably around 2004 or five, I made like a conscious decision to really like start following again. Um, so I went from there and then of course, you know, uh, it all kind of just rolled from there. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, really particularly great memories. Unfortunately, most of them are centered around like tailgating um you know just uh that's pretty much impressed you know the first minute you walk out of the tunnel um <clears throat> you catch your glimpse of like you know yang stadium or, or chase stadium um you know it was just like really bright and green and everybody was really into the same thing and it was just you know super super captivating um so yeah i sat I was like, I'm just going to get really, really in a baseball again. So I took like a two or three year break. Um, you know, I can still remember shedding some like go for, which I was like a little bit old to be doing. Um, you know, watching that ALCS, that was a little bit, a little bit brutal. Um, and maybe that was what it was, you know, maybe it was like, I was like, I can take two years off from caring about baseball to like really get back into it. Um, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, you guys, to you, us going to all the time and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I've just kind of been going from there. See, that's, that's pretty much my baseball background, if you will. See, I remember the first game we all went together, which was kind of a, a special game for me because it was the first time I went to old Yankee Stadium. Right, I do yeah, remember that, that game, actually. So I, yeah, I, we, were in the, uh, we were in the bleachers, right? Yeah, we were all in the bleachers. I got mm-hmm. tickets for like 11 bucks because I wanted, right. I wanted to take a girl that I really liked, but she canceled on me like last minute. So you guys were originally coming with us, and then I think Flanagan, you called your buddy Chris Santarelli, which I mean, oh, we're, that's we're, right, we're, Santarelli. We're putting people on blast right now, yeah. but <laughs> so Santarelli uh, met us, I think, at Yankee Stadium, and you know I'm kind of like taking everything in. Like you guys, I think, went to go get beers, and I'm sitting with Santarelli, and they're playing the Twins, and he's just making fun of all the Twins fans around us. And then one of them picks up a sign that says, like, uh, no, Twins. Yeah, no, we were there for this. I oh, you were there? That. Okay, because yeah, he, he tried to take his lighter out and set it on fire. Yeah, I, I remember it, that. Oh, man, that was just, uh, he, he didn't, though. Yeah. Like, he did, like, it didn't, it didn't light, so. Yeah. <laughs> End of we're going to have to have him on. Not flammable as you think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. We're going to have to have him on an episode because I'm pretty sure he single-handedly tanked Nolan Reimold's career. Yeah. <laughs> went to on like a whim um he was just absolutely brutal from the bleachers and like no one could clearly hear him it was like looking around. <laughs> and, like that was pretty much it i never heard from that guy again but i always remember wow you're really you're going after this guy and he's just trying to play baseball it is funny because like base like i do think baseball is kind of this great like unifier of people like we were I think we like. I mean, we were good friends back then, but I think we're better friends now for like that shared experience of like grabbing beers before a game and somehow like sneaking them to Flanagan, who was definitely underage at the time. <laughs> and it's like, yep. and like, and, then, about right. and as you get like the way you kind of uh, act at a baseball game when you're like twenty one, like eighteen to twenty five, is like you got to get loaded real quick. You got to get to the parking lot, maybe. If you have, if one guy has a grill, you you load that up with like as much shitty food as possible, but mostly you're just there to pound beers and go into the game because one beer in the game is worth like half your salary at work. And I think because of that, like it does help build friendships because you are basically like like eight MacGyvers trying to figure out, well, how the fuck am I going to get the most beer out of this? <laughs> But, uh, all economics, buddy. First economics lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something really to be said too for like you. You were saying, Brian, like camaraderie-wise. Like, I mean, more so than so many specific games. I remember that it was probably the same summer as the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, Yankees Twins game. Talking about, I feel like we went like a number of times, and just like, like one of the things I remember most is like having a catch in the parking lot, like drinking beer and like you know, whatever shitty campfire grill we had, like really. You know, more, more of the not more of the experience, but you know, just as much as, as the game in, in a lot of ways, which was, you know, really, really does bring a lot of people together who maybe I mean we all shit in common. But, you know, I can yeah. talk to some guy that I have nothing in common with, but like 
oh man, did you see the Yankee game last night? Can you believe that? Like, you know, it's 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 a really cool uh, unit in, in that I, way. I agree. I think uh, I think baseball more than most invites discussion. Right? You can argue everything, and, and they count everything, and everything is stats. And I think from the Ken Friends documentary, they once called it, it's like a it's a a, a game of blistering speeds played at a leisurely pace. So, like, the, there's ex- moments of excitement, but they're few and far between. So, you need to fill the time, right? Yeah. Um, and I tell people like this. I tell people who aren't big baseball fans. I say this constantly uh, when they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I went. Like, I'm not a big baseball fan. Like, I didn't have a great time." And I say to them like, "Hey, uh, if you ever go again, I was like, I don't want this to sound condescending, but I think you're watching baseball wrong. Like, when you go to a game, I was like, I think you're watching it wrong. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? I go, when you go, don't treat it like a movie or an event that you're supposed to be excited for three and a half, four hours. I was like, treat it like a picnic. I was like, you go in with your buddies or you go in with your friends or significant other, whoever. You're having some beers, you're hanging out, and you're just bullshitting and talking. And there happens to be a baseball game going on in front of you. And occasionally exciting things are going to happen. I was like, if you do it that way, you're going to have a great time. Like, you're just going to have it, especially if you go like a day game or something like that, like, you're just hanging out. You're going to have some beers. Yeah, granted, you're going to pay $12 for them. But, like, you're going to have a good time, like, and just bullshit and just talk with each other. Like, you're going to have a lot more fun. No, exactly. I think one of the – me and Mike uh, – because, uh, Chris, I believe you went you went away to school around, like, the end of the summer. So me and Mike kind of caught a couple of games by the end of the year. Uh, there was – I remember one game where we were supposed to sit all the way up in the nosebleeds at Shea Stadium. But my friend's dad – worked like security so he moved us down to like right next to the foul pole as paula duke was like out warming up and we're like, oh, Yo, like oh, Duke, you rule and he turns to us and he like he does like this like kind of point thing that like he know he heard this and like like we could have left right there like that was the best part of the game yeah because like, I, I i honestly don't remember what happened the rest of that game but, yeah i do oh you did did the mess yeah. lose it was, it was typical Aaron Heilman line oh <laughs> <laughs> walk walk Three run home run. Single three run home run. Everybody goes classic home. Yeah. I, I gotta hop off, boys. Uh, but uh, I want to hop back on if we're doing another one of these. Let me know because I'll definitely come back on. All right, Chris. We'll we'll see you later. Thank you for jo- uh, jumping yeah. in and sharing with us. Mattingly, for the last time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mr. Burns. I don't know what you think sideburns are, but don't argue with me. Just get rid of them. Y'all fellas, see them soy boy. Isn't that other room? And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And then, like, I feel like a couple months later, it kind of everybody started saying it. And I was like, yeah, well, that kind of knows what's up. So I feel like, yeah, it started out definitely as an insult. And then it just turned into, like, it's kind of funny. It's like, what a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, what's, what's the opposite? What's the opposite end of that? Look at that. Look at all them lactate guys over there. So it's a bunch of tough and lactate men. Milkman. Yeah, the milkman. Just milkman, just running around. <laughs> but now, Perfect. now we do that impossible left hand turn to talk about baseball again. So, uh, Perfect. yeah. <laughs> so they they found the the players and owners finally come to a quote unquote agreement, and we're gonna get a season this year. Buster only doesn't think so. Um, scientists maybe also agree with Buster only. We might not get a full season. Uh, He's a little short-sighted. That's it. <laughs> um, joke about his height, if you guys don't mind. Though. Buster only is a very tiny man. Uh, but it, um, also, like, do you hear the numbers he put out? He's like, I think there's going to be a 5% chance of a season and then like a 3% chance of them finishing. I would... See, I disagree with that. I think they're going to start the season. Uh, I do think we're going to see a lot more people opting out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily all the bigger names but um you know some of these older i'm trying to think of a specific one but some of these older like getting on towards veteran players who have sort of earned their money they're on like a two-year deal with the detroit tigers just to kind of hang on and 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 play and they're gonna say well i can take this year off stay definitely healthy and then you know obviously we, we hope not but um you know if things don't turn around my next baseball season well i've already been i'm healthy i've been training you know i didn't have any illnesses so i can i can come play um but i do think you're gonna see a lot of guys who are just deciding that it's not worth it which is yeah. you know obviously you have to do what's right for for yourself and your family but oh, yeah i think right um, now there's been three guys so far that I, uh they i think it's been uh ryan zimmerman of the 
Brian Zimmerman and, and Joe Ross of the Nationals and former National current Colorado Rocky uh, Ian Desmond have all opted out. And like and uh, Mike Leak. Oh, and Mike Leak. Mike Leak. Is... Mike Leak's a good example of, yeah. of of you know what I what I was just saying is an older guy who's you know maybe not necessarily too old to play the game, but he's not you know lighting up radar guns and and commanding a, a huge salary anymore. He's you know a good four or five starter kind of guy. Also, it's, um, it's you know, tough. somebody like that is. It is tough because Mike Leak last year was traded uh, from Seattle to Arizona to be with his sick father. So to put right. him constantly in a risk of, you know, not saying that it automatically is a risk of him catching a dis- like this dis- uh, illness, but it, it elevates his chances of catching it. And then I don't know if his father passed, which I'll have to do some research on. But like if let's say his family is known to have immunocompromised uh, health, like, uh, health it, it does make sense for him who he he's probably collected enough money from the Reds, the Cardinals, the Mariners, and the Diamondbacks to kind of take it easy. Ryan Zimmerman has been playing for over 16 years and has one of these contracts that when he retires, the Nationals, I think, pay him $10 million a year for 10 seasons after. Because when they had no money, ah, that's the kind of... De- the Bobby Bonilla contract. The Bobby Bonilla contract, which everyone kills the Mets for. Because Oh, by the way, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. That's right. But there are a lot more of these, like kind of uh, uh, contracts that are back back loaded and Ryan Zimmerman is mm-hmm. one of them. Like it, um, but then like, I do think you'll see a lot of older, more established players take the, you know, let's let the kids play. And then you'll right. see like, like, like a Mookie Betts uh, and a Yasiel, uh, I'm sorry, a Yohannes Cespedes kind of are interesting because they're both in the last year of a contract. They both could be big free agents next year. You know, Cespedes has been given a gift with the Universal DH right now, where all he could just do is just mash. He doesn't have to go out in the that's field. All I, that's what, exactly what he needed. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, huge deal for the Mets was that that was all great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy's a dead DH. Mm-hmm. You know, a liability in the field, you know, to an, to an extent. But, you know, uh, he needed to be on a team where he could be the DH, and I, I think that'll be um, – I think he'll be fairly successful in that role, especially because he's, you know – made of glass um so that'll uh keep him healthy and on the field for a little longer there are no wild boars up in queens and if you if you not guys that don't I've seen yet not yet <laughs> they are an invasive species um if you yes. if you guys don't know uh uh Cespedes owns a farm down in uh, florida like i think it's by port st Lucie, and it was overrun by wild boars within the last two years and he sets up traps there's actually a video i think vice has it on their youtube channel where you see him, how he traps everything and how he does. And the story originally came out is that he broke both of his ankles, I think, falling off a horse. But he didn't say how he did it. <laughs> it's like, but he, uh, I think it, it, it turned out that he tried to trap a boar, and then that's how he fell off his horse, because the boar kind of took, like, took him off it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're New York Mets. And that's why I said earlier... That asteroid's coming, but the day it's sunny out, so who cares? Um, all right, so let's get it. Let's get into these new rules. Like these new rules, I I said earlier, they do seem like kind of like a slow pitch softball version of baseball. So the um, they are like expanding the rosters to I think thirty players within the first week. Like first couple of ga- like first week and a half is thirty players, and it gets whittled down to I think twenty six overall. Um, the, the, each reliever has to face three batters. Yes. Uh, there are there is universal DHing, which is great. I lo- that's a that's a rule I fucking love. You know, as a national really? as a national league fan, I love it. And then also, uh, another rule which has definitely riled some feathers of like the baseball purists uh, is the extra innings guy starts on second base. Yeah, I think Billy Hamilton has some dirt on. Uh... Rob Manfred, because that's a strange rule, and that's essentially all he's good for at this point. So, like, um, well, I don't think Rob Manfred has dirt on anybody because, as we've seen throughout the process, he's just a fucking idiot. So, yeah, that was not. This was not a well handled situation, and you know, I'd prefer to, as much as we'd like to keep this topical, um, 
avoid a general slog through the very, very dull labor issues of Major League Baseball that were uh, essentially just embarrassing for everyone involved. Yep. Um, so let's, let's skip that. Let's jump to <laughs> what you think of um, the expanded rosters. And do you think it's something that will continue going forward, um, you know, into 2021 and beyond? See, I always liked the expanded roster, I but I felt that they should have flipped it. I felt that instead of at September, instead of adding all the people in, on the end of your bench in September, I feel like it should have been from beginning of April to about June, you have that expanded roster because, you know, you got to whittle down to your best players. And then most of the injuries happen when it starts getting warm out and your body's getting used to the temperatures. So that, that's where I, I kind of come with. Like, But I do like, and also you get better looks at other guys having an expanded roster. And you're not putting too much pressure on certain players. I agree. I think, uh, you know, I think this is a good, I hate to say it this way, but this is a good test season for a lot of things like that. Um, where you can kind of take a look and like, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think to start off with a larger pool of players available, and then you know, essentially you're giving every team to whittle its you know uh, roster down before the the playoffs, which helps the team. You know, obviously you're not going to be sitting there with uh, 2017 Chris Davis playing first base. You can be like, look, we got it. We got a catcher sitting down in the minors, man. Like you're not doing this year. Yeah. Um, you can kind of get your best players out there. And again, it's the kind of thing that, uh, not that trickle down economics works, just saying, <laughs> uh, a thing that trickles down to, you know, the fans, you're getting a better product on the field. So, um, you know, you're more likely to watch exciting players than, you know, essentially an automatic out is, yeah. is, is my opinion. So actually, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of whittling down the team, but I, I do think that's a really great point. And also, you you got to think of the minor leaguers. Like, they're not coming in, like, super fresh. They're not coming in, like, you know, oh, I'm just, like, fresh as a daisy here. Like, I'm a brand-new baby. They, they also just played their own, like, I think, 86-game season or whatever the minor league season is. They just had yeah, like, their full run. The run run buses. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're hampered. Yeah, they're, they're getting, like, they they've gotten, like, their their treatment down in the minor leagues is not like all star treatment, so they're they're coming up beaten up. They're coming up a little like dinged up, and also guys hide injuries all the time. So if they don't produce, mm-hmm. like maybe they're hiding like an injury, like they're hiding like a busted finger or maybe a little bit of a a bruised tricep or something like that. And you you see it like you you could lose prospects because they've come up too early and kind of shit the bed. Absolutely, and too like. It, 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 that's a that's a great point. Exactly like what you just said. You have these guys who are more likely to hide an injury or more likely to, you know, push themselves because they're in Triple A. They're a bit of a hype prospect, and they're like, I really want to get called up this season, whether that be you know for service time or just the fact that you get to be a real life major league baseball player. Um, yeah, you're you're going to come up dinged up, and you're much more likely to get hurt. Whereas, you know, I also think it's less of a a blow to these guys, you know, ego, ego is a thing. Yeah. I think it's less of a blow to these guys. If, um, you say like, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're cruising along here without you. We're going to send you down to the minors for the rest of the season. You know, great job as opposed to spending, you know, six months or whatever waiting. Like, am I, yeah. am I going to be called up? Am I going to be called up? You know, you already got a taste of it. You're done. You admit you're done, but like, yeah, no, exactly. You go back down and then, you know, now, you know, as a, as a, you know, 20 year olds or 19 year old, whatever, you know, right fielder. Um, Clint Frazier. Got a taste of playing. <laughs> know, you know, how these guys are going to hit. You know what the pitchers are going to throw you. Right. You go back down to the minor league the rest of the season and you know, like, okay, hey, I had a lot of trouble with curveballs. You know what I mean? Let me focus on, like, really, like, improving my ability at curveballs. And again, same thing. Then all of a sudden, next year, when you're called up full time to the majors, you have a better understanding of, of how to succeed and. You put a better product on the field, you know. People, people are going to like it more. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because it's easier to kind of accept this, uh, accept the assignment with like, or even like you're at a point, like say you're you come out of the out of spring training just hot, and you're just going and you're going, and now your your efforts will be, like, could be carried on with the teams. Like you know, like okay, well, I, I got called up in mid in mid uh, June or whatever, and I got to play twenty games. The other guy came back. 
but I was I was hot, so I don't know if my contribution continues to this to the season. But now, like mm-hmm. if you if you start him early, like you guys get off to a hot start just because of this young kid, and you're like, okay, well he's good. You know, maybe we can make this move. Maybe we can make this trade to get our team better. Like if we could trade, like I, I don't, uh, I'll use the Yankees because they got a little bit of a a bigger farm problem because you have like a, a Clint Frazier who's just just dying to be a major league starter. He's got everything you need. He's. I hate to say it, you gotta trade him. Yeah, gotta trade him. But like, a <laughs> poor guy. He, he's he's it, it's it's a classic like shitter get off the pot and like he. You could find out, like, okay, at this point, like, you go, okay, well, Clint Frazier, he's hit 10 home runs in 30 games, which is amazing, but I have Aaron Hicks, who has a seven-year contract with us. What am I going to do? Now, all right, well, I'll turn Clint Frazier, I'll send him out to San Francisco, who need an outfielder. I'll get, I'll fill up my prospect bench with that, or go, or if, um, uh, who's... Who's the 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 hype pitcher for the Yankees right now? Uh, the, the, something with a D. Davey Garcia. Okay, yeah. So you see him coming. He he works maybe about 15, 20 innings. He you know he needs to work on throwing inside. He needs to get a little bit more seasoning. He need, and then like you could send him down, but like now you know like oh in the major league level like his fastball kills, his slider kills, his curveball needs work, and his changeup needs work. So that's all he's gonna work on. Like you said, like they have their assignment. And now they could finish mm-hmm. the project. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you 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 started the idea, man. I just uh, I just expanded on oh, it. Yeah. But, I I think uh, yeah, we're in agreement. I think that would work a lot better. But I, I don't I don't think I think that's what it's going to be this year. I don't think they're going to do September call ups because then what would be mm-hmm. the point of sending them down in the first place? Because I think and there's nowhere to go. Yeah, exactly. Major minor league baseball is not going to happen this year, which is you know a right. shame. You know, I finally, I finally got my uh, Montgomery Biscuits hat, and I can't go see a Montgomery Biscuits game. <laughs> Shame. Maybe the maybe the Long Island Ducks will come back oh. and go uh, watch uh, John Lackey pitch for the Sugarland <laughs> Skeeters. I hope, hopefully, Armando Benitez is still on the Ducks. You know, he's still out there. Yeah, I think he's their number one starter. Hey, good for him. Good for him. Really unusual, but get, get him out there. Um, <laughs> Okay, another rule, like we were talking, um, the runner's starting on second, which is everybody who's played softball or, like, Little League Baseball, that rule is kind of like this this weird excitement play. Like, it really shows how good your team is. Yeah, I mean, I, in some ways I feel like that is one of the things they, I mean, they've been doing it in the minor leagues for a while now. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that Major League Baseball's wanted to... Uh, you know, it put in place for a really long time. Um, I do think it's a bit of just like an excitement play. Um, that being said, um, you know, I feel like in this particular season, mm-hmm. if you can keep guys on the field essentially for like a minimum amount of time, you know, you, you not that they're often, but I feel like once a season you get, you know, 21, 22 in a game. Right. And when you're essentially in a playoff sprint the entire time, uh, really really fuck things up for you um now so i wonder if they're gonna do like last batted out or like do they have like a designated runner like that's that's the thing the way the rule works actually is it's the next person up in the batting order so so like yeah so the person so for oh sorry sorry i'll use the I have a better grasp of their roster than pretty much any other team, obviously. Um, let's say, you know, your your three, four, five is uh, Frazier, Judge, Stanton. Okay. Um, and number six is, I don't know, the Luke Voigt, right? Right. Um, so, and then Luke Voigt, Aaron Hicks is seven. There you go. So... Three outs. You have. I'm not explaining this well. My, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It, it's really it's kind of it's a it's a brand new rule for us baseball fans to kind of like because if if it's is it the guy who like is like I think like the batter who can never be on no matter how many times like how many players come up. Like I think it's just like if you hit if you have your your one two three hitters right. go down 
in the top of the 11th, mm-hmm. then your four hitter doesn't hit. Oh, shit. The second base. Ooh. Where you have, like, you know, a speedy guy, and then you have, you know, Luke Voigt, who right. is not slow, but I'm pretty sure I could beat him in a foot race. <laughs> you know, on second, you can get, like, screwed. Right. Yeah. You know, the way it works out, if you have like your you know big lumbering first baseman who like you just you're paying to hit home runs, um, you know you, you could be in a, in a bit of a bad spot. But I also think that makes it a little more fair. Um, you know they accept pinch runners, um, which so, like yeah. I said, so you that know, would definitely Hamilton's got a job. Yeah, <laughs> so you could definitely do like a defensive replacement. Then like, so you could like say like if Luke Voigt is going to be your leadoff guy. You you could probably switch him with like, um, I think uh, if Aaron Hicks is on the bench, right? You say Aaron Hicks will go to like center field and Aaron Judge will play first base, and then like first base, you, you right? Kind of have it, and then yeah, you, you could do Aaron that. Aaron Hicks takes his spot Wait. in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. You know who's gonna do really well with that rule? Joe Madden. Yeah. Those Angels are going to be all over the fucking place. I think the Angels and the Rays definitely will exploit these rules because they are the ones Absolutely. who, like, mastered the opener. They, like, really work their bullpen very well. And I think, uh, you know, they have that roster where it's not like, all right, we just got home run mashers all through the lineup. It's like, no, they, they have, like, kind of crafted their, their team. And I th- also that definitely adds to the benefit of the expended rosters early on because you'd be like, well, this guy's fucking fast. Let's keep him on. Right. Let's keep him on. We're going to need him. Right. You yeah. know, like... And then the Mets could finally use Tim Tebow, and the, the prophecy will be completed. He can't be fast anymore, can he? No. He, he, they are thinking of adding him onto the player pool, though. Why? Because we like money, and we want people to watch... You know... You don't put asses in the seats. Nobody can go... I think what the... Because what was it? I signed up for YouTube TV just for baseball season because it gives you SNY and I would, I would like to watch the Mets eventually because I don't have like cable I just have internet so like the only that's the only reason why I have uh, YouTube TV so if the season doesn't happen I'm gonna cancel that shit real fast but I think I think it, it, like if you do add a Tim Tebow you'll definitely get like those rating boosts and then that will lead to like more sponsorships on TV and everything like that <laughs> I feel like people are going to see through that one. Um, yeah. I mean, they saw through it when they originally signed him, and they started putting out jerseys. Yeah. Well, did you – I don't know if, if you caught it or, or anyone, no one, whoever listening, um, <laughs> caught it. But uh, apparently when um, the first team looking to sign uh, Michael Jordan when he was looking at basketball was the uh, Terry Collins Oakland A's. <laughs> so – Hey. Maybe over that rubbing off, like let's just sign these guys and we'll put you know we'll make a little money off of it. Who cares if they really play? Oakland right now they they just released their uh, their cardboard cutout fans uh, form. I love it. It's I think it's a great idea. It's a like it's fifty dollars and they'll put you somewhere in the stadium, but if you spent a hundred and twenty dollars, they'll put you in a foul ball zone. So there's like a one percent chance of you catching a foul ball for sixty extra dollars. And then. Mail you the foul ball. Yeah, and they'll exactly they'll mail you a foul ball, which is crazy. I gotta tell you, I really, I, I strongly considered this as like if the Yankees start this idea, if they go through, they'll, you know, become one of the teams that does it. Do, they'll never do that. I know the Yankees. I know. It's such a boring. Franchise. They're the um, only team that won't like allow facial hair. They won't do those. Uh, was it turn back the clock jerseys where it's like those stupid future jerseys that the Mets, the Mercury Mets. You remember. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some 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 things they do right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you like, I would love to see just these cardboard cutouts just get annihilated by foul balls, just like a like a hard hit foul ball and just poof, explode the cardboard cutout. That would that would be I don't like what well, but yeah I had to tell you um you know let's say I'm, I'm a player. Oh, hold on, you were breaking up a little hey, bit. Hey, look. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all right, go. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Am I back there? Yep. All right. Um, you know, if I'm a player, I'm in the dugout, like, $25 to hit, like, you know, the the fat guy in the 14th row. Oh, like, yeah. go for it. You know? 
Yeah, just just imagine That's like it. the side bet you'll hear. I think that would be such a fun thing for baseball. Like you hear like like Trevor Bauer said he'd he'd love to be mic'd up throughout the entire game. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that wasn't one of the the ideas you mentioned. I know they're not going to do it this season now, but um, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I think it uh, gives you a little insight into the the players a little bit, and you know, I I do think that uh, this past off season not working out the way maybe everybody wanted it to, and the um, you know labor issues that are going to be coming up uh, when the CBA ends next year. Um, you want to get people invested in these players. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing that actually ties into the expanded roster. So now all of a sudden you catch a guy, um, you know, who's, who's, who's coming up and he's, he's called up for the expanded roster in the beginning of the season. You're more, you know, like, Hey, I've watched this guy since his, his first game. This, right. this is great. He's my guy. I follow this person. Um, you know, like people do like people follow basketball players. People yeah. become a fan whatever team LeBron James is on. You know, that, that kind of stuff. And I think if you can build that in baseball and get a glimpse more of these guys' personalities, um, I think that would help. I kind of like that they've been mic'd up, at least for, you know, if every team does it for two games, every team does it for 20 games throughout, throughout this. I, I agree. I do think it's actually a good topic for, like, a, maybe another episode. If we get maybe a couple more, got like, opinions on that. Because I do think baseball does have this marketing problem where – like we like we just earlier spoke about how this game's affected our lives and affected like our friendships and everything like that, but you know it's dull to people who don't get baseball. And I I've said like thousands of times that like baseball it, to me is like you know math for a scientist or it's like you know someone who really like like gets it and enjoys it to an extent where like you know they they could like con- they'll continue it further on like and that's baseball with me. It's like I could sit and I could break like I could break down film too like I'm not like a uh, scout or anything but like I I I know what I know and I enjoy it and I think baseball is lacking that to the general public where you just see it's cuz it's 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 kind of like a, it's its own thing where the game is surrounded by its own wall and they're not going to let people in like I think that they baseball needs to let people in and miking players doing like other things like i think the all-star game should be thrown out and should be like a skills competition i think like there's just so many different things they can do interesting yeah i do think that's a good let's let's table that for now because i think that's a good uh a good topic for maybe like a full you know episode that we uh you know dedicate just just to that i think that's a really interesting thing to uh yeah, I think when we get everybody, when we're allowed to have people in like one area again, we could we could definitely have a couple people come in and we'll do it then. Absolutely, I think that's 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 the way to do it because yeah. I think we, I mean, I know personally, I need like a week to come up with. <laughs> well, we'll call it the episode where we all say Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, the gang saves it, the end. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Um, you, so you said you approve of the DH. I approve you're, you're the DH. I, I love the DH because you know the Mets have these guys that are three years away from their either three years away from their prime or three years past their prime. Where it's like, like Pete Alonso is great, but he's the first baseman yeah. in the National League. There's not much of a like a lifespan for that. Like he, like best case scenario, he's Albert Pujols. But then he'll be Albert Pujols on another team. That's I mean he's he's you're you're right absolutely right. There's a there's a definite lifespan for that kind of player. Um, just because you know realistically, why would the Mets sign him to a long term contract? A because with the Mets, they're definitely gonna and it's gonna be really <laughs> bad in the long run. Um, but yeah, you, if you if you got a guy, you're signing a guy like Pujols, right? Like obviously Albert Pujols is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. That Angels contract is a nightmare. Oh, it's a, it's um, atrocious, but that's what they have to do. Same thing with, yeah, same thing with Miguel Cabrera. It's mm-hmm. a nightmare, um, but those guys can at least DH, right? You know what I mean. Every other day, it is what it is. You know, you got their some good years out of them, which you know, Tigers and worked also, out a little if better. You, if you look at Pulhos and Cabrera's uh, progression, they both start out in the outfield, then they move to third base, then they eventually move to first base, and now they move to DH. That's four levels mm-hmm. of continuing success and they got out right. of the national league pete alonzo mm-hmm. has been 
since he came up, has been a, a, a vocal point for the Mets. He's been a leader. He's been one of the most interesting guys on the team. He's been one of the funnest guys to watch. You know, and Absolutely. It, it's like in a, with like Aaron Judge for the Yankees is that you know what's the one thing that's not going to happen is no one's going to outbid the Yankees for Aaron Judge. But Aaron Judge God won't no. be. But Aaron Judge won't be the full time right fielder. His whole career. Yeah. I would say within what has he been in the league for three years, years now? Yeah. I would say that within two to three more years, depending on injuries, they start trying him out of first base a little bit, see how he does. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're looking at a you know a full time DH, which again, it, it, it's not a knock on the player. No, that's that's it's it's right? maximizing gonna... the most talent. Exactly. It's so like, look, maybe you can't run the field anymore. Maybe you're a little more likely to get hurt. But can you crush a baseball? Let's put you out there. Right. Like, you know. Um, I'd, I'd rather you give me, like, 400 at-bats and then get, like, a, a, like a stinger in your leg than you going for, like, a line drive, like, in the outfield, breaking your wrist on a slide, which I think Aaron Jones right, did. Right, you're out for a year and a half. Exactly, yeah. Like, there's – but, yeah, like, but you know, like, the Yankees, if they want to commit to them, they'll make that commitment. But the Mets, it's like right. you. All right, well, you signed Pete Alonso for twenty years or whatever. Like, <laughs> hypothetically, you signed him for a long, like, for the bulk of his career. And when he starts breaking down, he has nowhere to go but the bench. With the universal D, right. universal DH, he's still in that lineup. He's still crushing home runs. He's still, you know, high fiving and showing his belly to people. <laughs> so I, I do agree. Um, I, I do. I tend to be personally very interested in like the history of the game mm-hmm. you know I, I think that aspect of things is, is fascinating and hearing about you know um the pre-dh days which really really weren't even that long ago um you know I, I think that's really interesting and i do like that one i one league was you know essentially incredibly similar to the way the game was played out long ago um but i think modern realities are modern realities you know one of the um yeah, you you're you're lengthening guys' careers, yep. right? Also, and, on the other end, saving pitchers too, like absolutely. I mean, like the yeah, Bartolo yeah. home run I mean, was fun and all, but I'd rather Jacob Degrom last longer. You know, right? Hey, you know who's a great starter? Chin Ming Wong. Right. Thanks. Just, you know that really just, didn't work out. Just imagine if the, um, the Astros had a DH, like if they had a DH at that time, and the Astros winning the NL. Chiming Wong would be close to a Hall of Famer right now. His his numbers were progressively high. Because even once he came back, he was like decent. He was never the same. Right. But he wasn't a bad no. pitcher. I think he's retired now. Yeah, he's he's done. Um, he couldn't. His uh, foot kept on giving out on. Like he kept right. on having leg and problems. Right, and that's you know that's a guy who never had to to hit before. So that's you know that. It's a way to save pitchers. You're lengthening two different careers, right? A pitcher's career and, and a hitter's career, and I think that's good. And, you know, I hate to keep bringing it back to money, but one of my favorite quotes of all time, you know, good old Mark McGuire on The Simpsons, <laughs> like, do you guys have questions? you want to see me hit some dingers? I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah, go hit some home runs. Who cares? You know? Uh, yeah, so everybody wants to see that. It makes the game a little more exciting, and I know they're looking for ways to do that. Um, do I think some people are going to cry foul? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that they also kind of have to look at the way the entire world is changing? Yeah, absolutely. I think they have to do that too. Yeah. And, you know, I think if we can all kind of agree that this one thing um, is easy enough to change and inconsequential enough, then maybe we could fix some other shit. Um, I, think, so I, I think baseball players, like current and future, would love to have it. I think there's universal DHs in the minor leagues. So pitchers aren't taking, like, hacks mm-hmm. down there. So when they come up, right. you know, why why make them do this? Like you're putting them in against a loaded gun and like, all right, we'll swing the stick at it. Like knock yourself like, like it's it's not mm-hmm. great. And as a National League fan, as someone who like who likes the National League game, like that small ball aspect, like you could do double switches, you could do kind of like these like crazy things with it, you know, sacrifice bunts and whatnot. I think you don't have to always have a power hitter as a DH. You could have just a really good hitter, a really smart hitter, or a really fast guy as a DH. Like it, I think I think Brett Gardner would make a great DH. Oh my God, he would be part. Like he'd be great because then you take him out of the, like he's he's breaking down a little bit, but he's still fast. Mm-hmm. He hits, you know, he's a smart hitter. I I definitely right. like there is few like it's not 
you know, big burly, like, these guys definitely, like, crush fucking softballs over every fence, like, kind of hitters anymore. Right. Baseball's evolving to now a more athletic game, and I think, and, and they, and people still have that mindset that baseball's just, like, you know, dudes with their bellies over, like, with their tucked-in shirts, you know, it's kind of, like, swaggerless game, but, like, you start getting, mm-hmm. like, these exciting players, like, you give them more of a showcase, and a DH is definitely going to do that. Like, I think... I think it definitely will benefit baseball in the end. I I, I do I do agree. It, it took me some time to come around on it, and I I I am sold. Mm-hmm. So often I think it's going to be kind of weird to look back and be like, "Holy shit!" Remember when like pitchers used to hit every game? Yeah. <laughs> like that like, was the it, thing. Like you guys, it, you might not remember that. But, exactly. But you're it's, gonna, it's the thing. You're gonna watch a you're gonna watch a game with your grandkid and be like, "There was a time where that skinny dude throwing the ball would be swinging the bat." Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Somebody told Tim Lincecum to go hit against Major League Pitching. Right. <laughs> like, Mario Rivera wanted to hit the ball. Like, nobody, like, no one's asking him to do that. Yeah. Um, how pissed do you think Madison Bumgarner is? Oh, he, I, oh he's furious now. He's definitely going to ride some, uh, do some rodeo more in the offseason. God. There's he so, should be a there's so There's so much to, like, baseball. I think also... Well, there's not there's not saying like on those other games like if they want to have him DH, he could DH. It's true. I mean, Otani's doing it. Yeah. Maybe maybe Umgarner becomes like a late career two way player. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Mike, we've we've come close to the hour mark. Um, it's hot as hell in my uh, studio here, which I have to really think about the future of that. Ugh. But. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I agree. I'm actually in. Uh, I'm actually in somewhat of a makeshift studio myself here that uh, does have two windows, with some nice cross ventilation, uh, but no air conditioners or fans. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty hot in my neck of the woods here as well. All right. So um, like we always do, we're gonna you know throw out the social medias. Chris, I don't think is on any social media, so you don't have to worry about finding him. He'll he'll come he's on. He's a later. fucking weirdo. Um, he's he's definitely avoided the the technology from 2010 to now but uh yeah he'll he'll be popping on every so often we're definitely going to have guests obviously uh, you know all my people that i that i do respect their opinions they're definitely going to be coming on we're gonna try getting this like a bi-weekly thing we're gonna work really hard on it and i think yeah, i think it's gonna be a lot of fun it's def- like if there is if there is a season it's definitely gonna be fun i think so too and you know i do have uh I'm I'm pretty confident there's going to be a season. Whether or not it gets finished is a, a different story. But I do think that uh, you know, come July 23rd or 24th, I will be standing outside of a bar, um, <laughs> drinking through the window at their TV to uh, you know catch some opening day games and uh, do the same going forward on that. So I think next episode we should do some predictions to see how what we think the seasons are going to go. I obviously am on the train of the Yankees going 50 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but we'll definitely uh expand on that probably more in the next episode um so mike do you want to share your social media that you have or uh yeah you guys can find me at uh flanny pack which is pretty clever um two k's at the end on instagram um that's actually really it but uh and not the uh, band at all oh yeah it's true um <laughs> sorry you know we haven't been a long time quarantine uh, I'm also in a punk band called Controlled Substance. We are pretty cool. Uh, we have a seven-inch out. Uh, it's available in uh, like a physical purchase, and uh, you can also stream it on Spotify and uh, Bandcamp. Uh, Spotify, you just search Controlled Substance. Uh, Bandcamp is controlledsubstancehc.bandcamp.com, um, and you can actually find our Instagram is uh, Controlled Substance HC on uh, on Instagram. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we got some more stuff on that front. Uh, cooking, which I can share a little bit later for you guys. So. Hey yo, there you go. Uh, and like always, you could find uh, me over at Movie Man Pod on Twitter, at Movie Man Podcast on Instagram. You can buy t-shirts or masks and whatever you like at tpublic.com backslash moviemayhemdodcast. That's podcast with a D in the front because I can't spell. Um, which is actually a thing I haven't fixed it. I could go back and fix it. It'll take two seconds, but I refuse to do it just because of like principles. Uh, Gotta leave it now. This week, up oh, um, this uh, this week is gonna be our July Fourth weekend. So the movie Matt and I are gonna be doing on Sunday is actually uh, Independence Day. So it's finally gonna happen. 
Very topical. So, guys, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we we will see you. We won't see you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks, and we'll be doing some predictions. And yeah, have a little bit more fun. And may, maybe I'll get I'll finally get my laptops to work properly. So, <laughs> see you later. Take care, guys. <gasps> Mattingly, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. You're off the team for good. Fine. I still like him better than Steinbrenner.